0: right there on Long Island across every watch party. Hey, you guys can be seated if you're in an auditorium. We have couches here, so don't be jealous. Uh, My name's Mike Signorelli. I'm the lead pastor of V1 Church Global, and I have the privilege of delivering this sermon right now out of one of our V1 Indiana watch parties, and it's such an incredible privilege to teach you the Scriptures today. I know I've got a room full of uh, note-takers. Is that right? And people who are ready to learn. You know, I would encourage you, if you haven't already, go to our mobile app, and I want you to listen to this entire series from its inception because the Lord really gave me a burden to spend this summer learning the deep things of God and becoming battle ready. And we did an incredible uh, kind of two-part uh, series on narcissism. And we talked about everything under the sun. It feels like this summer. But, but right now, I'm going to teach you as much as I possibly can in, in a short amount of time on the topic of angels. And next week is demons. So make sure that you come back next week for that word. But um, it's very important to teach on angels because really much more of what we know about angels comes from culture than it does from Scripture. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to hear about culture. I want to hear what God has to say about His own creation. So uh, we're going to jump in. And I don't know, man, uh, maybe you haven't ever heard a teaching on angels. I know I went to church for years and years and never heard it. But I did hear my friends say, oh, rest in peace, so-and-so, pastor. Away, and they turn into it. Now they're an angel. No, they're not. I'm sorry to say that uh, they were not an angel on this side, and they're not an angel <laughs> on the other side. That's that is not true, you know. Um, but I've also heard people say that that God assigns angels to people's lives, and we have guardian angels. and And I'd like to show you what the Bible may or may not have to say about that. Um, but I want to start with this for your notes. What is an angel? As a matter of fact, right there on Long Island, uh, there are angels in our midst. I believe that right here in this home, there are angels in our midst. I I believe that. Does anyone else believe that? Um, And and so um, it's kind of funny thing to think about having angels as your audience today, but I know that they are uh, standing by and that they are uh, pro- probably in this atmosphere right now. And um, and so what is an angel? Angels are beings created by God. I just want to start there. Angels are beings that are created by God and they're entirely different from humans. Okay, so... Um, There is no indication in Scripture that angels used to be humans. As a matter of fact, when you go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 17, you see this. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Okay, so there are invisible creations and uh, you don't see them, but that doesn't make them any less real. Okay, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things, somebody say all things. Okay, because I want to open up our eyes to understand this enlighten the eyes of our understanding. All things were created through him and for him. And then verse 17 of Colossians 1 says, and he is before all things and in him all things Hold together. Okay, so angels are God's special agents that carry out his plans to minister to the followers of Christ. And they are created beings that serve His will. And that's their original design. That That's why they were created. They were created to be servants of God's will. They carry out plans to minister. And we've got to increase our understanding of angels because they play a very important part in our lives, whether we realize it or not. As a matter of fact, um, if you're taking notes, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 13 and 14 says this, And to which of the angels has he ever said sit at my right hand until i make your enemies a footstool for your feet are they not okay now listen are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation so in other words it's saying like wait a second He never said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. What he actually says to angels is like, I'm sending you out to serve for the sake of those who inherit salvation. If you're watching this right now and you have a loved one who does not know Christ, Can I just tell you that God will send angels to fight on their behalf and bring them into the inheritance of salvation? And so you think that you're fighting that battle on your own? You think you're fighting it with your own words and your own intellectual arguments? Can I just tell you, what if you stop trying to fight and start letting some angels fight that battle on your behalf? I mean, Hebrews chapter one, verse 13 and 14 is very clear that angels are messengers of God, that they are servants of God, but they are especially involved in salvation. So wherever you have a church that's winning souls, you better believe you have some angels that are not unemployed in your midst, right? Okay. So um, again, angels have no need. Okay. I want everybody to hear me say this. They have no need or cannot experience the redemptive work of Christ. Okay. So angels can't get saved. In other words, when we sing the song Amazing Grace, right? They have no idea what that, the mystery of God's grace and the gospel really means because they can't experience it. But they do have a will. Angels have the ability to make a choice. And as a matter of fact, we're given many scriptures that tell us that over one third of all of the angels actually made a choice to follow Lucifer um, in his rebellion against God. But the, the sad thing for angels is there is no redemption for them, okay? And there's no redemption for them because Christ died for us. And, and so I want to show you something in 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 12. Am I going too fast or are you with me? Okay, Uh, we're going to school today, V1 Church. This is, we're becoming battle ready. It says, it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through uh, those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. But listen to this, things into which angels long to look. Isn't it incredible to think about we have an altar call like we did last week at V1 Indiana where nearly 100 people flood the altar and the angels long to look at that moment and know what it's like to experience the redemption of Jesus Christ as tears are rolling. Isn't it, isn't it kind of crazy to think about? Like they, they look into that experience and they say, wow, what an amazing experience that I'll never know because, because my, my decision is final, And you think about like one third of the angels made a final decision to follow Lucifer, which we know as Satan, in in a rebellion. And so to see us fail, to see us fall short, but then to see us run to the altar to accept Jesus Christ and say, "Wow, what a mystery of God's grace and love!" Like, uh, and in First Peter chapter one verse twelve says, "These are the things into which angels long to look." Isn't that incredible? It's like, if you're not, if you're not just completely and utterly captivated and enthralled by gospel experiences, like, then I believe there's even angels that are like, what are, what's wrong with them being on their phone right now? Do they realize the mystery of the gospel they're encountering? And so there's even some of that. So, um, here's the thing. Um, okay. Okay. This is, I want to take it a step further. Can I keep going deeper? Okay, because I believe we're going to be the kind of church that understands that we are not fighting alone, that that God has created beings called angels that are warring with us and on our behalf, that if we say that we're a soul winning church that wants to see the entire world accept Christ, angels are like, yep, me too. I'm with you. I'm here. I'm, I'm for it. So um, they, they actually even rejoice when a sinner turns to Christ. This is Luke chapter 15, verse 10. So you can write that down for your notes. And Luke chapter 15 verse 10 says this, just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Isn't it incredible to think about angels literally in this invisible dimension that we call the spirit realm just rejoicing when they see just one just one sinner repent? And they just explode because they're just in, in just this this exuberant expression of worship. Because they're like, man, it's just such a beautiful thing. Matter of fact, you know what? I've always wondered, and this is just a side note. I've always wondered what, it, what if if they're invisible beings, and all we can see is what we see with our physical eyes. What does it look like to an angel when they see someone accept Christ in the spirit realm? Wow. Because they must be seeing something that it looks different to them. But whatever it is they're encountering in a way that just provokes them to celebrate. That's what Luke chapter 15 verse 10 says. Okay, so I want to go on to the next question. And this is a big question that everybody has. And it's a question of do we have guardian angels? Okay, do we have guardian angels? You're born and, you know, God, and we say this all the time in church, but what does the Bible say? So let's go to Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. It says, At that time shall arise Michael, and this is an archangel, which even that gives us the understanding that angels have rank and hierarchy. And so does the kingdom of heaven, even in the local church, right? We have connect group leaders. We have care pastors. We have lead pastors, right? We have worship team members. And then we have worship leaders. Shout out Sarah Warnett, uh, who's stepping up into that spot for V1 Indiana. Um, but we have, because wherever there is rank and hierarchy, there's order, not chaos, and so even in the same way, when Jesus cast demons out of that man, they said, we are legion for we are many. But legion was a Roman designation of hierarchy and the way that the Roman army um, actually organized themselves. And so, you know, I've always T.D. Jakes would say it like this. How are we going to let the enemy's kingdom be more organized than ours? you know, and so angels are uh, organized. They're highly organized, but there's a a archangel named Michael, and it says, this great prince who has charge of your people, which is the people of Israel at this time. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. Okay. And so in Daniel chapter 12, verse one, and this is, again, this is where I want us to unlearn so we can learn what the Bible really says. You don't have a guardian angel over individuals. You have an archangel over the nation of Israel. Okay, let me take it a step deep, deeper, okay? Um, the, the Jews actually fully developed this belief in guardian angels historically in the time between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Did you know that? And still, so I know this is where people, I'm going to offend you. Can I offend you into, into the <laughs> truth? There are no scriptural references to individuals having guardian angels, none. And historically, the Jewish people created this belief without any scriptural basis in the, in the stitch of time between the New Testament and the Old Testament. Did you know that? Now, that shouldn't discourage you in the sense that you're like, man, I thought I had a personal crew of angels. And some of you are like, man, I've done some really weird stuff with them standing by. You know, do they just turn around and look the other way um, when I'm when I'm it's okay to laugh? (laughs) Everyone's like (laughs) they're like, but but really what we see is that God. okay, now, listen, he protects his will through our life. And so we can think that angels are just standing by to just help us do our life. But really, you see the most angelic protection and the most angelic provision where a group of people are doing God's will. And so if you want like an escort from heavens that God would personally say, "I'm, I'm bringing military escort through this region, do God's will. The safest place on earth is in God's will. The most dangerous place on earth is not a country. It's not a neighborhood. It's outside of the will of God. Okay? Because when you're in the will of God, he'll send an archangel like he did to Daniel. I feel the anointing right now. But you have to have a Daniel-sized problem to have a Daniel-sized archangel to mitigate against that problem. And some of us are like, God, help us with a little problem. He's like, that doesn't need an angel. That needs discipline. Um. (laughs) Like, that that doesn't... Come on now. Come on, church. You're like, I want to learn about angels. And you're like, I don't want to learn about them anymore. But... Um. <laughs> But we're not going to ask for an angel where we need stewardship. We're not going to ask for an angel where we need discipline. And we're not going to ask for a big angel for a little assignment. We're going to ask for big faith for a big assignment, okay? But I do believe that V1 Church does have angels dispatched to us. They are working and fighting on our behalf. And uh, they don't do planning center, but they show up every single week uh, to do what we've got to do. Um, Okay, so Matthew chapter 18, verse 10 says this. It says, See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. So Matthew chapter 18, verse 10 is the scripture that most believers quote to seem to indicate that we have guardian angels. But when you go on a deeper level, most theologians agree that when it says, For I tell you that in heaven their angels always see, see the face of my father who is in heaven, it's talking plural, not singular. And so I just wanted to say that. Now Hebrews chapter one, verse seven says, of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. And it's important to let you know that right now, You all have a job, you have a career, you have a family, you have a vocation, and we all go and do our life, but there is this other reality that is interacting with our physical reality. And it's the spiritual dimension. And I can just tell you this, if you were able to pull back that veil and see fully into that realm, you would become much more serious about reading the Bible. You would become much more serious about prayer. You know, the Bible says pray without ceasing. Why? Because there's angels and demons that are embroiled in this eternal battle and you're caught in the middle of it because you look like God you are created in his image and in his likeness and so it's like the very one that Satan rebelled against you look like him the very one that one-third of the angels literally chose to use their eternal singular choice to rebel you look like the one that they rebelled against Why do you think you're so hated by demonic forces? Because they hated the one that you look like. They hated the one that you find your origin in. And it's funny because it's like, I don't want to be the kind of person that says, well, if I don't choose to fight this battle, then I don't have to fight. Because peace is not the result of the absence of war. It's the result of winning it. And everyone thinks, well, I'll be at peace if I ignore the spiritual realm. Well, how's that working out for you? As a matter of fact, our weapons are not carnal, but they're actually mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And strongholds are, are, are invisible structures that make physical realities. And so when angels are working in our midst, Hebrews chapter one, verse seven, it says of the angels, he says, he makes his angel win, his angels wins and his ministers a flame of fire. I mean, do you get this visual of like, you know, John's on the base in Indiana and he's ministering unto the Lord and he becomes this minister of a flame of fire. And then angels are, I got chills right now. Angels are circling around him saying, we've longed for the day where Hobart, Indiana saw this kind of warfare because we're triumphant. It because of the blood of the lamb, but we need his children to get in alignment with that victory. You know, can you think about, you know, I'm in a living room right now and you might be in a living room in Malaysia. You might be in a living room in the Dominican Republic. Come on. And, and you might be saying like, well, what does it matter? Can I just tell you that living room can turn into a battleground where you face your greatest victories, where you turn into a minister of a flame of fire. I love Acts chapter two because in Acts chapter two, it says that as they they came into one mind and one accord. All of a sudden, the fire of the Holy Spirit, it was like cloven tongues of fire. In Hebrews chapter one, verse seven, can you imagine the angels who had a front row seat for Acts chapter two? He said, let's go. The Holy Spirit just got released into the earth and now the sons of God are going to be empowered to do his will and we're going to join forces and run rush out over the enemy's works. Come on. And you're living timid and fear and you're treating fear like it's A feeling but fear is a spirit I have not given you the spirit of fear and so you can fight a feeling with a feeling but you have to fight a spirit with an opposite spirit so we need to have this, this mindset about us that there's this invisible realm I want to do one last thing how am I doing on time Okay, so they say good. Um, I want to do one last thing. There's a scripture I want to deal with because I want to let you know you're not alone. When Elijah felt like he was alone, there was actually this angelic protection and provision that literally told him, take a nap and eat this food when you wake up. You know, don't you love that we serve a God that will tell us to eat food and take a nap? When <laughs> when, when we're struggling in life, when we feel like we can't go on another hour, another minute, he's like, Elijah, I'm pre- and you know that food was good. You know an angelic cake is good. Um, yeah. But the interesting thing about angels is that they're invisible beings that have the ability to manipulate tangible space and time. And it's crazy to me that angels rolled away the stone So they're invisible with the ability to manipulate physical reality so they can roll a stone away. Then the Bible says the angel sat on top of the stone and you know he was just doing that like how you like me now, devil. Like (laughs) I got the best seat in the house on top of the stone that they thought was going to bury him. And so angels are sassy. They have personalities. They hate to be worshipped because they decided not to be worshipped when they decided to follow God and not Satan. So anytime someone's tried to attribute an angel with worship, they've been like, "Yo, you got the wrong person." Like I'm actually here on the one that you should, on behalf of the one you should be worshiping. Um, angels have clear assignments from God. They have a diversity in their roles. They know what they're supposed to do, and they are just so so joyful and carrying out the work of the Lord because they believe every single word in this book and they believe that in the book of Revelation that it's that they're gonna watch the lake of fire scene and God just conquering all and they're just waiting for the day and they're waiting for us to get in alignment with it right now. And so this last scripture I wanna deal with says this, um, and, and you've heard this all over and over and over again, it says we entertain angels unaware like what does that what does that mean when we entertain angels unaware okay hebrews chapter 13 verse 2 says it like this it says the, the writer of hebrews urges believers to show hospitality like hey you, you know you're having creative team night in your house in indiana you be extra hospitable because there might be an angel in your midst and at that time there was no airbnb there was no holiday inn there was no ramadan or Ram- ramada <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There was, yeah, there you go. Thank you. I'm I'm trying to, you know, there there were no hotels. And so it was very common that when travelers would come through, that you would entertain them in your home. And, and And this was actually reality. But watch, this is so much deeper. It's interesting that both Elijah and Moses were recognizable on the Mount of Transfiguration. Okay, so they did not transform into angels, but they appeared as themselves glorified. Okay, are you following me? And so as you go a little bit deeper, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2 is actually saying this. It's referencing Genesis chapter 18 and 19 that says Abraham and Lot showed hospitality to these mysterious visitors who in reality were messengers sent by God. So Abraham and Lot did it already. Like they thought that you're just kicking it with somebody, but they didn't realize these were angelic messengers from God. Now, this last story that I want to end on will probably cause me to lose some credibility mentally. (laughs) Um, But I have no way of explaining something that occurred to me. And I I don't know if I encountered an angel unaware, but if I ever did, this is the closest I ever did. Um, When we moved to New York, I had gotten our box truck with all of our gear impounded on accident. And as a result of that, um, we simply could not get access to any of our personal belongings as well as the church stuff. And in a moment of frustration, I took out all this cash. I went to go ransom it from this lot all the way in New Jersey. And um, I had to mount the new plates on it. But in order to mount those plates, um, I brought my drill with me, but I needed self-tapping screws. Now, Self-tapping screws are sharp so that they can like pierce into the metal. And if you drive in New York without license plates, Pastor Eddie will tell you what happens, okay? And so I could not leave this lot with all of our stuff without this license plate screwed to the front. It was late at night. No one was around. And I was so frustrated and I cried out. I was like, God, you call me to launch a church here. This is crazy. I'm fed up. I'm frustrated. Right at that moment, someone appeared behind me and said, hey, is this what you need? And opened his hands and there were two self-tapping screws. I grabbed the screws out of his hand and literally like held them in my hand and looked up and he was gone. And I don't care if you believe that or not. I don't care if I lose credibility as your lead pastor for telling that story. All I know is I immediately stood up and I started looking around through this entire lot and could not find this guy. And do I, if I believe in the Bible that Elijah can have an angel bring him a cake, I believe he can bring a church planner self-tapping screws. <laughs> and, and the reason why I say that is because I screwed those in, my frustration immediately melted away. And I, and I had chills all over my body. And I said, I am doing supernatural work that requires supernatural provision. And I believe for so many of you, you feel so frustrated by life because it's almost like, you know, I, I just take two steps forward and three steps back. But I can just tell you that there are angels that are cheering you on. There are angels that are saying anything you need from heaven will be released to you because I'm not a son, but you're a son. I'm not a daughter, but you're a daughter. And they see full access in the storehouses of heaven of everything that has your name written on it already and they see you full of depression, full of fear, full of anxiety and they're like, why are they settling when they're sons and daughters and all they have to do is ask and they'll receive. So right now, I want everybody to pray with me because I'm telling you, I feel the power of God. Anybody else? Let's just, here's going to be V1s. After this teaching, here's our motto, no unemployed angels at V1 Church. We are on our mission so they better get up on their mission. I'm going to make this thing impossible enough so that only God gets the glory and we need angels. Angels are not a cool story. They're a necessity for the work of of V1 and what we're called to do. So let's pray. Everybody right now, just come on, dig in with me, V1 New York. Come on, V1 Indiana here. Father, I thank you and I praise you for angels on assignment, God. I thank you that they are going to do incredible things in our midst, that they are co-laborers for the salvation and the saving of of many, We call our family members out by name and we say that angels are on assignment to fight for your destiny, to fight for your soul. And Father, we just thank you, God, that we are not alone, that you have given us servants through angels on assignment to serve your will, Father. And I just thank you today that we're even going to begin to see more advancement of the gospel, God, as we co-labor ministers of fire side by side with angels like wind that move through regions, that move through countries, that move through geographic locations. And Father, I just thank you for a great harvest of souls in Jesus' name. Come on, can everybody say it with me? Amen. 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 Amen.